All right, what's up everybody? So today's video, part three of the 20K special is actually going to be dedicated to talking about intensity techniques. There wasn't a specific question that I'm necessarily going to be answering today from that last video, but a common theme that I was seeing in the comments was people debating whether intensity techniques uh, or short rest times for something like a rest pause and cousins of that method are even worth using. So in this video, I'm gonna tackle not only just what intensity techniques are and the variations you can use, but when they might be appropriate and when they might be overkill and probably not necessary, or at least not really doing anything extra for you. So when it comes to intensity techniques, are these legit or are they just a waste of time and energy? I think it's context dependent. So if we're talking about intensity techniques, these are going to include a few different options. You have rest, pause, and variations of that. So cluster sets and myo reps are probably a couple things that you've heard of. Uh, we've got lengthened partials, which are very hot right now. And then you have cheat reps and mechanical drop sets. These are going to be the most common. And they're all a little bit different, but some are closer to others. Uh, and they can be categorized through a couple different ways. So uh, rest, pause, and say myo reps or cluster sets, they're all a little bit different definition and method wise. But ultimately what these uh, in intensity techniques are doing is you're taking a straight set to usually failure or your desired proximity to it and then you do very brief rest periods and you're basically just extending the set by doing uh, a certain amount of reps with that same weight um, after a couple seconds of rest but you're still kind of doing the same set it's not long enough to be a short rest interval between sets it's a continuation of the set that you're doing uh, and then you have something like a length and a partial, which is where if you fail a certain portion of the range of motion, but you can keep going, you can do partials in the longer length of that motion. So uh, say something like a standing dumbbell curl, peak resistance is going to be mid-range to the top. So right about here, this is when peak resistance is. Your bicep isn't going to be very leveraged or strong here. So when you fail at this, you can still do partials beyond failure as a way to get more stimulus from that movement. Uh, you also have cheat reps and mechanical drop sets. So let's say you fail a specific technique or a specific lift. You can actually do a variation of that lift or technique to continue beyond failure. And drop sets are another one that I haven't mentioned yet. Drop set, pretty straightforward. It sounds like uh, exactly what it is. You stick with a certain weight, take that to failure, and then immediately drop the weight and continue the set from there. I'm not going to talk about drop sets today, but the other ones I will be talking about. So why do we even consider using intensity techniques in the first place? And the reason for this would be to get more stimulus for growth. So ultimately the reason why most of us are looking to do intensity techniques is to get more stimulus than you would just from doing a straight set to failure. Um, the one thing I wanna say about this is before you consider using intensity techniques, you should be understanding how much you can progress from zero RIR, zero RIR, I can't speak today, and making sure you can get to zero RIR and actually get there. So film your sets, watch your technique, and if it doesn't look like it's that hard, it's probably not that hard, especially when it's a more challenging lift psychologically or physically it's going to feel hard before it really is hard and stimulative. So I would say make sure you really are training hard before you look into the stuff because you would be amazed at how much you can milk out just from straight sets to zero RAR, which makes up the vast majority of my training and has taken me very far in this game. So let's talk about rest pause a little bit first. Rest pause, uh, the science, although it is somewhat limited, 
shows that rest pause sets aren't necessarily superior to straight sets from a pure stimulus perspective, but you can get equal stimulus in less time. So I'm not too huge on science for a handful of different reasons. I do think sometimes it is useful to look into. Uh, usually what the science is kind of showing with this, and I'm not a science communicator, so if you want a better breakdown of the science, I would go to another channel that's not mine. But the general gist of what it's showing is you can do something like rest pause and you can do three total rest pause sets. So maybe a straight set to failure or your desired proximity to it and then two mini rest pause sets after. And that could be as stimulus as three straight sets to failure. So with this, it wouldn't be more potent. Uh, but what it does look like is you could probably do that same amount of work or that same, get that same amount of stimulus maybe in less time. I am a little bit skeptical of this because the science also does show that longer rest times are more beneficial for hypertrophy. Uh, I do fall under the belief that, and in my own personal experience, that longer rest times are going to be more beneficial. I can see uh, better growth and better progress in terms of performance in the gym. It's very evident with my arm training recently. My arms have grown a lot, uh, and it's not like I'm some newbie that's just making a bunch of arm games that have never been there. Uh, at this point, my arms are obviously no longer a lagging point, and I've seen very good progress from just increasing my rest time a little bit more and really jacking up the intensity. I don't even go beyond failure on most lifts, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. So I am still somewhat skeptical of rest pause. Um, I, I just have a hard time saying that rest pause sets and cluster sets and myo reps could be just as beneficial as that amount of volume in terms of mini sets put into full sets. I am skeptical, but in certain situations, if you do uh, need to be more time efficient for whatever reason, I absolutely do think it's worth experimenting with for sure. That's actually the first thing I would go to. So I'm skeptical, but not enough to write it off entirely. If you're short on time or have other reasons to use them, I would absolutely consider it. And I would not only consider it, I would actually try it. Um, so I would definitely give that a strong consideration. Up next, we have length and partials, mechanical drop sets, and cheat reps. So these kind of all fall under the same umbrella, just like uh, you have rest, pause with cluster and myo. Uh, I would say these are all very useful for lifts that happen to be shortened biased. So what I'm about to say is kind of a gross oversimplification, but generally speaking, muscles are going to be weaker in the shorter positions. Uh, the resistance profile of the actual lift will factor into this too. So if you're training a muscle where you're, you're doing a lift that has an even resistance profile, say you're doing a row, for example, let's say you're doing a seated cable row and you're not using any cheat or anything, you're just doing a straight set with strict form. So since it's on a cable and the weight moves vertically, they're it's an even smooth resistance profile it doesn't bias any part of the range of motion when you start pulling as you get closer resistance increases because the distance from your shoulder to your elbow increases so this elbow your upper arm will be perpendicular to uh, the actual resistance which is going this way so 90 degrees is when that would be peak resistance it's a bit of an oversimplification, but generally speaking, that's how strength curves in your own body and that resistance profiles and the actual lifts you're doing work. So if you're doing a lift that is going to be short and biased, it might be a good idea to go beyond 
failure. And I put little air quotes on failure because basing your point of failure off of your range of motion when a lift is short biased is probably not the most appropriate use of failure in that specific situation. And I actually think that in these scenarios, not all of them, but in a fair amount of them, failure isn't range of motion slash technical failure isn't the failure that we're searching for for optimal stimulus. So let me dive a little bit deeper into this. When it comes to these intensity techniques, so length and partials, mechanical drop sets, and sheet reps, it's largely lift dependent. So length and bias lifts to zero RIR can take you to a point where you're tapped out and need to rest to do any stimulative work. So if you're doing a lift that's length and biased, just take the, the inverse of a row. So maybe you're doing a chest press, for example, when you're pressing, say on a on a selectorized machine where there's no resistance profile in the actual lift itself. If you're looking at your own strength curve, when you're pressing instead of rowing, now peak resistance is here. It's still when your arm is right here by your side and your elbow's the farthest distance from your shoulder. But now since you're pushing, that's when the, the chest is in a lengthened position versus when your back would be in a more short position. So in this situation, Going to zero RIR when the lift is either length and biased or you're training your muscle in a lengthened position, in the vast majority of these cases, just going to zero RIR and sometimes failure, sometimes even one or two reps in reserve is all you need. And any more than that, you're just fried. Uh, there's like nothing you can do about it. You can try an intensity technique, but it, you can't even physically do it because it's so difficult. For a really good example of this, if you watch my preacher curls or even my Smith JM press, when I'd say the preacher curls are easy to see, you can see my facial expressions and all too. When, when you see me doing these, I push so insanely hard. If you watch the final rep of basically any set, um, you'll see that if I was to even try and do anything, I would basically be physically incapable of it. It's a length and bias lift. The last reps get so much stimulus and it's so potent that you just have no force production once you're done with that. The same is not true with most short and biased lifts. And like I said, this is an oversimplification, so don't take this and uh, make it a blanket statement to everything. But generally speaking, you can take this approach towards lengthened or short and biased lifts based on what I've said for each. Short biased lifts to technical failure are generally less fatiguing because technical failure probably isn't an appropriate gauge for proximity to muscular failure. Muscular failure or momentary muscular failure, another gray area term, but generally speaking, it's that point where you kind of have to tap out where your mind wants to go, but your body just can't. Uh, a lot of people will think they hit this before they do because they don't train hard enough and they don't have the mindset for it. And that's something you have to develop just through your own effort and willpower and your desire to get huge. Uh, if you're still in this boat, this doesn't apply to you as much, but for the guys that are watching this that do know how to train hard and push yourself and your training resembles what someone like myself or a lot of the other natural content creators or top natural lifters train like, then you can kind of take this more into account. So muscular failure will be closely linked with technical failure on length and bias lifts, but technical failure is generally reached before muscular failure on short bias lifts. So Muscular failure, you can't tell when you're at it, but instinctively, you kind of can if you have experience lifting, or at least when you're at roughly that point. 
technically speaking, it's a nightmare to try and figure out. The science guys will tell you, you don't know when you're at muscular failure because we can't even define what that is. There's some truth to it, but I think practically speaking, you have to use that as an actual gauge because that is your determination of how hard you pushed. So to summarize this up, uh, length and bias lifts to zero RIR, where the resistance profile or just your own strength curve makes the lift a bit more biased towards a longer length. Those to zero RIR should be totally fine. And you can do, uh, you can do a lot of damage, um, no pun intended, with just training to zero RAR or even leaving one, maybe two reps in the tank if it is, uh, say, an RDL or something along the lines of that. Short bias lifts, you do want to usually probably push past failure. It's a loose recommendation because it is context dependent again. Uh, but if, if it is a short and bias lift, using something like a mechanical drop set or even sheet reps, but I would probably opt mostly for length and partials, uh, it works really well just to make sure you do get closer to muscular failure. The technical failure or the range of motion failure on these lifts is going to happen much sooner than that. So you want to be able to push past that and not just have your training look good on paper. A lot of, a lot of guys get caught up in just progressing on paper. And yeah, progression is going to be correlated with growth, but don't worry so much about the reps you can track and don't take that too literally. Of course, worry about the reps you can track, but more so worry about going beyond failure on some of these short bias lifts, even though you don't get the mental reward of being able to write down that you did X amount of reps because it's hard to track intensity techniques. I don't even recommend doing it. What I'd say is, if you do use an intensity technique, if you are logging your training, I would just write the amount of full range of motion reps that you got and just put a plus next to it. If you do a few cheat reps, uh, let's say you do nine clean rows and then five cheat reps or six cheat reps or whatever, I would just write nine plus. Don't even bother tracking the cheat reps or the partials that you get. Uh, just make sure you do it and just focus on pushing hard and you should be good. So. With that said, I'm trying to keep this video short. If you guys have any questions on that, let me know. Uh, and per usual, I'm going to do a couple more of these for this week. If you have any questions that you want to see answered in a Q&A video like this, uh, let me know and I'll consider it. Thanks for watching. Uh, see you guys in the next one.